Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy to hear that his wife is working out of a woman here at She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. This is, I, I've been sick for about a week now, and I'm on the back end, but now I have that loose cough that sounds like Abe Vigoda choking on beef stew. I like that. <laughs> you like Suzanne Plachette. <laughs> Where's she? She's dead. dead. I'm at that point where it's like, it's draining backwards, so you can't blow it forwards, and it's got to cough its way out, but now I sound like a disgusting old Like man. that Mucinex commercial? Ah! Oh! With those... Loogies with hats and coats. And Who like, came up with that concept? I don't know. That, that pitch in that ad meeting, they're like, but when we make them cartoons, so it's more it's accessible. Fine. People are going to love this character. <laughs> they're going to want stuffed versions of it. I'm disgusting because I pushed myself too hard. And we had two days off. So we did, well, not we had a day off, a day and a half. And we went away to the Catskills overnight. I took my husband to Woodstock, very clothed. But we went to Kingston, Woodstock, and then Phoenicia. 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 Oh, we saw a little baby black bear just walking around, just hanging out, walking around with the people. Probably and my first instinct. shot his mother. Oh, stop. Don't do My first instinct was, drive up to it. I want to pet it. And Jim's first instinct was to roll up the windows. Well, yeah. If you've ever seen those videos, and don't make me pull them out again. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to see anybody <laughs> the people die. at the campground, like, it's so cute. And then, like, oh, let me go pet it. Oh, okay. Oh, it's going to kill me? There's more than one. It's oh, <laughs> shit, she's pissed. She's pissed. In the car, in the car. They're bouncing on top of my Corolla. And that's when you can't find the keys. You can't find the right keys. The, who locked the door? I can't believe it. Now the windows are down. Oh, my God. Hurry, then... Steven! Hurry! <laughs> 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 Not to keep going back to Poltergeist, but would you, in a panic, if somebody was screaming, hurry, Steven, in your ear, trying to get the key into that little hole, wouldn't you just shit yourself? Hurry, Steven! Shut up! Shut up! I'm trying to get the key in this very small hole! Shut up! All I know is that if I have survived crawling on my bedroom ceiling, running down the hallway, (laughs) semi-damp... Having some giant white creature shoot out of my my child's bedroom. In a t-shirt, wearing a t-shirt the whole time. Right. Rescuing both my children from being vacuum sucked into their closet. Yep. Racing down the hallway, downstairs, where three caskets shoot up in the middle of the hallway. Uh After also surviving, falling into that... um, Pool pit yeah. slash cemetery. Mm-hmm. Then encountering my husband, and I, I think when I at that point, I'm like, "Why did you lock the door?" Number one. <laughs> well, Number two, where the hell have you been? Where have you been? I don't know why I thought it was okay to spend the night in this house once everything was gone. Given everything that happened, but no, it's clean. I trust a very small mystical woman. Right. That she she did a thorough job, but think, where the hell have you been? I think I'd why have, do you look gray? <laughs> I'd have all the strength just to probably grab Stephen's head and smash the window open, 
and then get in the car. I understand her panic, though. I would totally, like, grab Jim's balls and squeeze. I've done that to him before in high-pressure situations. I am not good in a panic. I am not. No. I had a major revelation the other day. I keep getting called in for things, for commercials, for Quirky Mom, and I'm like, why am I not booking it? It's because I open up my mouth and B. Arthur falls out. And I realize I have a quirky mom look with a voice of a drunk aunt. You have the quirky mom look, but then the voice is someone that beats the shit out of her kid. Exactly. Do you want the belt? Do you want the belt? Do you want the belt? No, I, I also sound like somebody who's already eaten their young. Oh. I know. That's so I'm weird. like, why isn't it? Oh, it's because you made me speak. And then the second I speak... And then the second I speak, everybody hears that I've had two martinis before noon. That's just like everyone else's mom. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm the real mother here. That's right. I'm a bad mother. <laughs> <laughs> I have. What's the woman who did the voice for Exorcist? Linda Blair. No, the voice. Remember that woman, the unsung hero. Oh. The one who was like, uh, she really did smoke like five packs of Marlboro Reds a day. This was before filters. I'm pretty sure she just chewed them. (laughs) I don't know her name. Maybe I'll have to. Yeah, look it up because somebody just posted something about this the other day. I don't know why. It's she wasn't um, credited. Mercedes McCambridge. There we go. Mercedes McCambridge is is um, the greatest living radio actress. Oh, but she's dead. Was 85. She won her Best Supporting Academy Award in 1949 for her big screen debut in the film All the King's Men. Mm-hmm. And nominated for Giant, one of the gayest casts in America. Really? I don't know Giant. Brock Hudson, Elizabeth Taylor, James Dean. She describes Exorcist as one of the hardest jobs she had done and was disappointed to discover at a preview screening that she had not been credited. Hmm. She reportedly fled the cinema in tears while director William Friedkin tried to explain there had not been time to add her name. What? Oh, sorry, we had no time. We just oh, had to we ran out of- pea soup. Yeah. It was an issue. Um, yeah, we had to deal with child labor laws. Yeah, that's the story. Didn't have enough time. To sound as disturbing as possible, McCambridge insisted on swallowing raw eggs, chain-smoking, and drinking whiskey to make her voice harsh and her performance aggressive. Wait, did she insist on that, or is that how she had been living her whole life? Also and then she's arra- a, she, she found a perfect excuse to be like, oh, well, I guess I gotta drink whiskey before 8 a.m. <laughs> recording today. She was then bound to a chair during recording so that the demon seemed to be struggling against its restraints. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, she did a phenomenal job in that movie. That's, it's still creepy as hell and it still holds up. You know, The Shining was on the other day and I watched it again and I realized that the music does half of the job of making you terrified in that movie. Like if you were to change the music to like a banjo, <laughs> it would change the entire tone of The well, Shining. What, what if you, what if you used the music from, um, Finding Nemo to Jaws. I think it would be completely <gasps> different. See? Music has been telling us how to feel this whole time. What's the music from Finding Nemo? I don't know. 
No, oh, just something quirky. But imagine, like, so you know, like <laughs> Randy Newman. <laughs> you, you got, got a, a friend, friend in Jaws. Honk. Hi. Well, hey, hey, group. <laughs> okay. Hey there, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I am your host, David Lee Roth. And I am teen sensation Martika, step by step, <gasps> heart to heart, left, right, left. We all welcome you to the podcast. We are coming to you from the Maha'a Bar and the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to start bringing that to shows. Yeah, shows with two people in the audience. I'll just bring my own laugh track. (laughs) I want to have that played every time someone uses my my toilet. They open up the lid. I thought you, I thought you were gonna say sexy, sexy time. Yeah. Just playing in the background. <laughs> you're gonna do that? What? What are you wearing? Well, so welcome. We are back again. We are we are stepping back in time and reading you some old timey advice columns and breaking them down, talking about them, seeing if we would give the same advice, maybe. Sometimes, and just basically jibber jabbering on a microphone oh. for the next forty-five to sixty uncomfortable minutes. So, um, oh wait, hey Aaron. <gasps> oh, hey Patrick. You, ha- you have an update on your show. <gasps> oh, thank you so much for being my PR person that I can't afford. You're yes, welcome. Uh, there has been a gear shift, a date change of my show at Caroline's. There has been a show schedule snafu that happened over there in the venue. So I have been pushed back now to Thursday, October 10th at Caroline's on Broadway. Thursday, October 10th at 7.30, which to me is a better date. First of all, Thursday, which is the new Saturday. Correct. Let's be honest. And (laughs) not 9-11. Correct. I know. Also. I was I was accepting my fate with getting that date originally because, you know, everybody loves to laugh on September 11th, right? Sure. So now I've been moved over to October 10th. Everything is the same. The same people that are coming with me, Gianmarco Soresi, oh, Charles McBee, Carrie Ann Cotter. Yeah, I got lucky. I just shifted them back a month, and they were available for me. Mm. Such good people. Crazy talent. This lineup is going to be the best lineup in the history of lineups. Wait, before we even move on, okay. you can follow us on Twitter. Even though you're not on Twitter, DearPod is. At DearPod Official, Twitter, Instagram, and now our fancy new Facebook page, thanks to our jewels here, is dressing things up very nice. We also have our own website, DearPodOfficial.com. If you're ever wondering where we are, just DearPod Official is the safest bet. And we want to hear from you. We do. We do. We love the questions that we get, we've gotten a, a whole uh, flood of them. We have a couple of, of uh, Lulus today, as per usual. I love that. So, yes, send your Lulus to dearpodofficial mm. at gmail.com because we would like to answer any questions that you have about life, about relationships, about cats that should or should not live with you. Personal growth. <laughs> <laughs> the best part was you said that with dead eyes. Personal growth. I'm here. Have you ever been to like a group therapy session? Never in my life. Did we I would laugh. Why were you in group therapy? I was with I was with a therapist, and he had conned me into. He's like, I think you'd be really great. You'd be really beneficial for you to go to a group therapy. I'm like, red flag. Okay. Um, I don't think I. 
I don't think I want to. How long were you with this therapist? <clears throat> did he know you at all? Did he have a bag over his a, a head? A couple months. And like, it was kind of, it, it was this very strange therapy that I was a part of. And I was like, I'm like, I'll go with it. I, it was like pseudo role playing. And I was like, I'm really uncomfortable <sighs> with role playing. And, um, which is strange because I've been an actor God, for so long. How did you find the one therapist that did all the wrong things? <laughs> he, he also had a service animal that he dyed his hair. And, um, it, his, the dog's name was like Fritz Beyonce or something like that. And I, every time I was, I, I think I blocked out. I'm like, wait, what's your dog's name? <laughs> what? And I it was like, oh, awesome. And he would always sit like right on me this is bizarre so then we go to group therapy and i was like you know i really i like the idea of group therapy like in you know like a movie because it the sessions really only last five minutes in a movie oh how long does the session last he's like it's about two hours i'm like <gasps> oh okay i said well what if i don't like it he's like well you have to commit to it i said okay right that's why i'm asking you if i don't like it then what happens He's like, well, you need to commit to a couple sessions. I said, well, I, I can't even commit to the location of my sofa in my house. So, um, why you had to commit to like going a few he's like, weeks? Because he's like, you know, everyone is fragile, and you know they have abandonment issues. So if you come in and then you leave, it really confuses the group, and they'll probably have questions for you. Are you on kidding your intentions me? in the group? I'm like, this is this is a volunteer tier process of being part of this group what and i said well i can't really commit i'm like my um my job is very unique and i might not be able to make it so i don't want to let anyone down now you're suddenly <clears throat> responsible for the happiness right. of a whole bunch of people and, and isn't i haven't, this why and I haven't <laughs> even walked in the fucking door isn't this why you went there to begin with because yeah. you've got issues with that so then i go to group and so then everybody left, and he's like, hey, so how did therapy go? I'm like, you want to know what? Um, it was really great. Some really interesting people. Um, and, uh, yeah, had this a great is time. Over. Um, I'm not coming back. <laughs> and, and the abandonment issues yeah. surface. I'm like, I don't want to be a jerk or anything, but um, uh, I'd fucking kill myself if I kept coming back. I would be wor- I feel terrible about myself. Who is this? Are you still with this therapist? Hell no. I, I, how did you even, how many sessions did you do with this guy before he was like, I know what's perfect? I have stumbled. I've had so many therapists. One session, <clears throat> one therapist was in session. Like, it, I was like, the first one was okay. Second was pretty good. The third one, where he starts introducing me to um, the theories and teachings of Christ, I'm like, oh, <gasps> I gotta go. Where are you looking for these therapists? On Craigslist. Why? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand what's going wrong. I don't know. I just saw an ad at Lenny's and I was like, I guess he'll do. I pulled a tab off a flyer that was stapled to a pole. You Wait, you teach guitar and you're also a therapist. Dan teaches you guitar and soothes your id. Uh Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, I had a therapist who was very cute. Like she was Young gal, like Carrie whipper Strug? snapper, like just, yeah, had that kind of vibe. Except, and she wore a lot of like sweater. Did she have sets. that voice? Hi, Aaron. Hey, really? Oh my god! Yeah, let's talk about it. Your therapist. So when voice. you masturbate, do you use both fists? <laughs> let's talk about your relationship <laughs> with your mother. <laughs> no, 
Right. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, right. Right. Am I right or right? Oh my God. <laughs> a therapist's voice is very important. I never realized this until this moment. It, absolutely. If I feel like I'm in a room and I, I'm like, I have to like absorb everything that they're saying so I can like do the impression Process later. It, yes. Then, then, <laughs> then already I've left the yeah. building. I'm sorry. I'm not. The real work has not begun. Right. You got, it takes a long time to find the right therapist. Yeah. It's a relationship like anything else. You well, got to date you, a few people. Yeah. It's like, and if you're, if you're going to go in there and lie to them, <laughs> yeah. you know, like the, what's the point? Yeah. In the beginning of doing therapy, that's what I was like, oh, what stories can I make up for mm-hmm. the week? Do you ever feel like, cause you were going weekly you're like, well, what kind of, what kind of can can I open? Sort of. But if I have like an agenda, I like my new therapist is like, okay, let's not do like the, what irritates you today, New Yorker. Let's talk about like things that can really help you later. I'm like, oh. Um, oh, I, I feel like that's a perfect transition, though, for us to talk about what the what the topic is for this week. Speaking of people to blame in therapy, parenting, parents, parenthood, parents, uh, stepmothers, stepfathers, uh, fathers-in-law, mothers-in-law, bad mothers, motherfuckers, yeah. <laughs> any sort parenting. of variation of parent. Parenting. I could never be. I'm just happy to be a dog parent. I could never have a child. I I, I completely agree with you. It's enough for me to get my own body from place to place. I can't imagine the responsibility of a smaller body. I counsel uh, this uh, kid who has been struggling with coming out and addiction, and I'm not a licensed therapist, but I am very good. Are you a big brother? How'd Uh, that gig happen? I don't know, but it happened. But I'm also very good at smelling bullshit. And, um, I'm, uh, so anytime I talk to him, I'm like, mm. so how old is your boyfriend? Cause I know he's not 26. <gasps> he's like, oh, he's actually 36. I'm like, right. So can we just, I don't like kids and I don't have kids. So you're wasting my time if you're going to be lying to me this whole time. Like, oh my God. You'd be the unintentional best father this boy ever had. <laughs> Imagine not be like, I smell cigarette smoke. Parents have a very keen bullshit meter, though. Well, and I think if you're an older parent, you just don't fucking care. Oh, like, there's a so trail you have blood. a different aspect. Who's ever blood that is <laughs> all the way up the stairs better not be there when I wake up. Clean it up and use luminol. I have no time for this. Who's ever severed heads in the fridge better get it out. I got a cake in there. Now, see, I have a neurotic mother who's way too tuned in to, to everything. Like, she knows things before I knew. She's a bit witchy, you know? I tried smoking once upon a time in the house, which, you know, I've never been the smartest person. No. (laughs) Agreed. But they were mint-flavored. And I think that they were like American Eagle. You know the kinds that are, like, made out of marshmallow? No. What? Yeah, those enclosed cigarettes, I don't know. You look up marshmallow cigarettes. My best friend, Michelle, over, and we were smoking cigarettes in my room, which the house was not that big. It was like a thousand square feet cape. Like, what the hell was I thinking? Oh, herbal cigarettes? That's yeah. What this was. And I so loved a clove, you know, the kinds that make you bleed on the inside. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I'm on stage crew and I smoke cloves. Look, I hung out in Harvard Square a lot. I dyed my hair with manic panic. I thought that I was a badass, but I was like, well, the next step would be smoking because smoking looks cool. And I have so much hand tension that I would like crack cigarettes. <laughs> so we, me and Michelle were smoking up in our, my bedroom, window open, like we're smoking out the window. And my mother wasn't anywhere near home. Like she had gone out way far away. 
And it was like, all of a sudden, she like Harry Potter apparated at the base of the, she was under the window going, don't fall out the window with that cigarette. She was just standing there like, like you left to go to New Hampshire three hours ago. How did you get back here? She's like, I know. She has like a hole in the space-time continuum that she's like, something bad is happening to my daughter. I'm going to drop in to what I think that she's figured out how to matter transport herself. She came out of nowhere, standing at the bottom of the, like, I was in the second floor. I looked down and there she was. Oh, she said, don't let the pack fall out. That's what I'm, (laughs) don't let the pack fall out. I'm like, where did you come from? All right. So the topic, parents. Parents. Let's get into it, shall we? Uh, would you like to go first or shall I? You shall. Oh, men first. Very well. <laughs> this comes from the Tucson Daily Citizen, Tucson, Arizona, October 8th, 1965. The title is Father in Law 60 Chose Dizzy Doris. Aren't you intrigued? Dizzy Doris. Dear Ann Landers, my father in law has been a widower since 1955. We hoped he would marry one of the fine women he has been taking out because soon he will be 60 years of age. Last night, he brought over a knock-kneed blonde who wore white (laughs) lipstick, no eyebrows, and a red dress cut down to her navel. His first words were, meet the wife. My husband almost passed out. Finally, he said, are you Dizzy Doris? She giggled and answered, yes, but you can call me mother. And my husband used to go to school with that girl. She is two years younger than he is. He couldn't stand her then, and he doesn't want her in our house now. I'm trying to keep peace in the family. Please help me. Signed, B. Fuddled. B. Dear B, (laughs) since Doris obviously is your father-in-law's choice, dizzy though she may be, you should both accept her. Keep the relationship on an invitation-only basis. Follow the directions on the jar of salad dressing. Keep cool, but don't freeze. <laughs> I feel like this whole answer was built around keep cool, but don't freeze. It was almost like she she came up with this witty little salad dressingism, and she was like, I got to use this in an answer this week. I know, I'll just use it here. Easy she said enough. it to her cab driver. So, so he brings home Dizzy Doris. I love the fact that she had a name Dizzy Doris, because that was the 60s, and I feel like we need to bring that back. Yeah, like Betty Spaghetti. Ashy Larry. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Everybody had a quirky name. Lousy Larry. Now we're just like Meffy Mike and eh. It's like a really shitty garbage pail kid. <laughs> the description of her. Is everything. Kinda, well, she kind of sounds like Betty Boop just came over. She has no eyebrows. Why does she have no eyebrows? See, know. what I thought was like a Warhol. That was the first sort of like, she's got white lipstick, no eyebrows, and a dress cut down to her navel. Mm. which the visual of that makes me feel like she's topless. <laughs> but it's like just cut down the center down to her. Yes. Uh, what would you do if a father, like I, you know, my parents have been very lucky, have been married this whole time, and they like each other. Allegedly. That doesn't make for a good sitcom. No. you got to start hating each other, apparently. Yeah, and uh, my my mother, she's very concerned with, if I go before you, you can't bring home some floozy. Her words, not mine. I like floozy. Who loves a floozy? Who doesn't love a floozy? I, 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 don't, I don't get why people want to do that to kids, to people's kids. You got to know. Unless, you know, he's just like rebounding. Well, he's, you mean just like a... He's a widower. 
Right. So he's like, well, fuck it. Dizzy Doris. In a world. Would you say the same thing would be if if you, a friend of yours, their father was a widower, and he mm-hmm. brought home something like a Dizzy Doris, which, first of all, I would say, get a girl with eyebrows. Why? Why would you not have eyebrows? At least draw them on. Or you could draw them on while she's sleeping. I did that to my father once. My father, okay, here, sidebar. My father has no eyebrows, but he's just sort of evolved that way. He sure. just has a couple of pieces of rogue hair that, like, stick out of the middle of his forehead. Oh, so like when he was sleeping that. one night, I drew eyebrows on him, and he looked surprised. <laughs> I can only that's imagine. That's fantastic. <clears throat> now, that's fatherhood. I don't think I, I don't think I would... I think it'd be odd for me to have someone new. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people do it either. The the steps, the stepmothers and stepfathers. I've never been, we've never care. encountered this, so we don't have a frame of reference. Well, people always ask me, they're like, is your mom going to date? Is your mom going to date? I'm like, uh, no. I doubt it. And then my mom's response is, she's like, I'm still married. Even, oh. though, even though that my dad had died. She's like, I still consider myself married to your father. Would you be like that? What? Like if Marcus kicked it, would you be like, I'm still married and you wouldn't date anybody else? I like putting I, you on the spot on this I, one. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine that. I just I, want, I, I just I, want I Jim even. to know that if he were to kick it, I'd be dating in a couple months. Well, well, I got it. You know, I got months. Girls got to move on. You got to pay the rent. A friend of mine, uh, you know, her, this is dark. Her mother died suddenly, and then the father started dating the next door neighbor maybe two months after. That's somebody who doesn't know how to be alone, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's somebody looking for a replacement. This guy isn't looking for a replacement. He's looking for a good time. You're dating Dizzy Doris. Call me mother. Could you imagine somebody walking in your house who was a dingbat like that and just being like, well, I'm here now, and I'm your mom, and you have to be okay with it. I'd never be okay with it. It wouldn't be a matter of, oh, just keep your cool and only invite them whenever, blah, blah, blah. No. I would read my father for filth. I, I don't want anyone. that would, I, can't, I honestly cannot wrap my brain around it. If someone would come in and be like, okay, I'm your new mom now, and be like, okay, girl. Yeah. We're going to. I'm going to treat your boobs like a speed bag. I will punch you into next week. I'm very protective of my people. And if my father showed up with a dizzy broad, I'd let him I'd let him know where it was at. I would show up while she's sleeping and then just have like a flashlight underneath my chin and dress like Kathy Bates in misery with a giant sledgehammer and be like, "I remember me." Or if she stayed overnight, I would kick on all the lights at 3 a.m. and start hitting pots and pans and be like, this is what we do. This is what we do in our house. If you want to be morning, our mother. Good mother. We're up. We got to start <laughs> tending the chickens and cows. I would do, I would make, I would do crazy things and be like, if you want to be in this house, I would make your life a living hell. I do play the long game when it comes to revenge. Or I just, I'd go into the shower when she's showering. Like, this is what we do now. This is what we do in our ranch. Used to, sh- used to shower with her all the time. Welcome. No, I, I don't know if I'd tempt fate like that. She could come at you. You could get yourself a Dizzy Doris. Yeah. Um, I, my, my, I'm, I'm much more vengeful. I hold a lot more grudges, and I would not go gentle into that good night and be like, well, you got to accept her. This is what it is now. I just wouldn't do that. No. I would make her life a living hell. All right, hit me with an article. 
the Honolulu Star Bulletin, Honolulu, Hawaii, May 5th, 1983. Dear Abby, Henry, not his real name, and I have a fairly good marriage, 14 years, but we don't always see eye to eye when it comes to disciplining our only child, Dougie, who is eight. She won't give her hu- she won't give her husband's name, but she will give her son. Yeah. Example. They can't find us with a kid named Dougie. <laughs> right? In Honolulu. Example. At dinner last night, Dougie started talking with his mouth full, so I corrected him. Then he belched loudly, so I said, You're supposed to say, Excuse me. He ignored me. Then he turned to his father and asked, Do I have to, Dad? Henry replied, No, you don't. You can eat any way you please at home as long as you remember your manners when you're eating at a restaurant or in someone else's home. Then Henry said to me, I wish you'd lay off the kid. You're always picking on him for something. I don't like to quarrel in front of our son, but I wish you'd comment on this in your column and I'll reserve I'll reserve it or I'll serve it to my husband for breakfast. Silent but seething. Ooh. I thought she was gonna say silent but deadly, which yeah. is also what Dougie did later in the dinner. <laughs> Never should should have had that turkey chili. (laughs) Dear Silent, it's possible to disagree with your husband without being disagreeable. It would have been appropriate to tell him that good manners should be practiced at home in order to be remembered elsewhere. But there's something else going on in your fairly good marriage that's at least as important as manners. Your son is using the divide-and-conquer technique. Don't let him get away with it. You and Henry could profit from a short class in parenting. Oh, I agree with her. Do they have classes in parenting? Is that an option? Uh, Look around in America. Clearly they do not. (laughs) Unless it's just let them do whatever they want. Uh, I wish you'd close your mouth. First of all, belching at the dinner table and chewing with your mouth open is maybe like the most disgusting. Dougie is never going to get laid. They're setting him up for a lifetime of hurt. He's never going to make it out of the goddamn house because I will murder him. No, we'll just put him underneath the stairs. With the other children. Exactly. How's my parenting now? <laughs> you like that parenting? Speaking of kid under the chair, under the stairs, I went to Whole Foods once, and there was a kid who looked like he had been living under the stairs for years. He was like a wild child. And that, of course, is a reflection of the mother. I'm like, clean him up before you leave. What, what's going on? Maybe she likes him. Brushes hair. But that's um, co-parenting and, and one undercutting the other. I've never experienced, I feel like we've I've been very lucky with parents. I don't think that they, they, under, they, they're trying to undercut the other one, you know, in that you, case. But I think, I think, I, I, I don't think that, Either one of my parents would allow me to talk with my mouth full. Agreed. Or belch at the table. I don't think that you have that chip in you to begin with. I think you probably set the table and you made a a Sandra Lee tablescape and (laughs) made it all stunning and beautiful. Well, I would light candles for dinner. And you sent embossed invitations to everybody in the house like it's Downton Abbey. And you would dress for dinner. It's spaghetti and meatballs, Patrick. Again. Yes, and we need to plan for that because sauce can stain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little club soda. Wow. Um, 
Did you eat with your parents around a dinner table? You would you would light candles and everything? Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but no. Oh, not us. We always ate in the TV room. We were pure, like, blue-collar trash. We we'd, just light, <laughs> we'd light candles. We'd be nude, and we would have... Chanting, burning incense. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, we'd be, in like, Indian style, like, you know, our legs folded and crossed. Oh, burn those chairs. Yeah. Oh, what a visual just I didn't sitting need. sitting on oversized pillows but burping at the table that was where you drew the line no we wouldn't burp but we would fart oh yeah i mean it's a sign of of you know a good dinner in japan isn't it yeah just you know someone would have to check and make sure that we didn't stain those pillows oh oh god (laughs) go go on to your letter (laughs) who wants mudslides (laughs) wow chocolate ice cream for dessert i think it's time to take spot outside is it pudding time Ah! All right. I am moving along. Did we, have, do man- we have anything more to say about that? Did we have manwich? Or did someone... No? Oh, God. Every night is a manwich night if you're eating naked at your dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, here is an article from the Journal and Courier of Lafayette, Indiana, October 11th, 1962. October 11th, one day after October 10th, which is when I'm going to be headlining Caroline's. Uh, this is Mother's Kleptomania Making Her an Outcast. Dear Ann Landers, Mother is in her 70s, but very active. She enjoys visiting relatives who live nearby. I noticed whenever she returned from a trip, she brought back articles which did not belong to her, such as, such as hosiery, underwear, and bedding, jewelry, and kitchen, kitchen utensils. She told me these items were gifts, After a while, I thought it strange she would receive such an assortment of odds and ends, none of it new. I finally made some phone calls and learned that Mother had taken the articles. Of course, I returned them. Now she complains that some of our relatives whom she used to enjoy visiting do not want her anymore. They make excuses, of course, not wishing to tell her the truth. I'm afraid she may start to steal from stores, and then the law would step in. If she is sick, how can I help her? Please advise me. Sad daughter. Sad. Sad. Dear daughter, your mother has an illness called kleptomania. (laughs) At her age, I doubt that a doctor could help. Your best bet is to keep an eye on her whenever she returns from anywhere. Learn where she has been, examine her clothings, parcels, etc., and return what she takes. Also, notify the stores she frequents, advise them of her problem, and ask for their cooperation. And... I love a klepto mom. That's just mm-hmm. funny. I think they're, she's just lonely. She came back with written. How is she lonely if she's visiting people, though? She's going and visiting and just taking well, random odds and ends. She has some emptiness that she's trying to fill within, within these purchases. Well, I used to ceiling. live in Queens, and there was a random store that just sold chach. And I, it was the, the strangest, like, there was a piece of pottery, and then there was a random wig head, and then there was, how is an antique store not really just somebody's kleptomaniac mother? Mm-hmm. But I looked at this specific store, and every day I was like, there was something new and strange in the window, and I thought, this isn't a store. This woman is going from house to house and stealing things and then just reselling them. Or to quote the guy who I once heard get on the two train, ladies and gentlemen, five-minute sale. I will not lie to you. This merchandise is stolen. But the man who stole it, he ain't here. So five-minute sale. Which is a great that's a great. Pitch. That's a great store to have. Also. Honesty in advertising. Yeah. Yes. 
Please, my grandmother used to steal um, Chinese teacups from the Royal Hawaiian. What's the Royal Hawaiian? Chinese food restaurant. Really nice one. Why but she had an assortment of Chinese teacups. What? She never Chinese drank tea. Restaurant. You know the, those little like shot glass looking teacups. Right, the Royal Hawaiian Chinese restaurant. It was Boston. Okay. That was as close to ethnic as they were ever going to get. Okay. They did the best they could. Well. And I'm they gonna... and every day when my grandmother went there, they would count their silverware when she left. They'd give her like plastic knives and forks. Yeah, they were like, "Here comes Kitty Larue. Everybody count your dishware." Look out. Every time she shows up, she leaves with a place setting for 10. Check her bag, check her bag, check her bag. That's why grandmothers always carry around huge purses so that they can put dishware from other places in there. Well, this is lovely. Hosiery and underwear. She stole underwear. Well, underwear can be expensive. As we've learned from the past week, the articles of the hanky-pankies that cost 20 bucks a thong. Why do you want to share underwear? Used underwear. She would take bedding, too, which, you know... How big is your bag that you can walk out of there with a duvet? I mean, look at Estelle Getty and Golden Girls. It's a big, that's a big handbag. Yeah, I, it's like um, a Mary Poppins purse, mm-hmm. you know. Well, these are 500 count thread sheets. Put it in the bag. Yeah. With the dresser and the mirror. You're not going to use umbrella. this. <laughs> Why is the door missing? Didn't we used to have a screen in this I porch? Had a, I had a shed out back. I don't know where. I don't know where. It, yeah. There was a porta potty from the construction site that's missing. Oh, Elaine is here, and she's brought a U-Haul. Why does she visit us in a U-Haul? I don't know. Where's my dog? <laughs> Where's my husband? <laughs> Interesting. Oh, oh. I, I I think a kleptomaniac mother is just funny at a certain age. You know, like when your parents hit a certain age, you're like, oh, they are what they are, and their quirks are what they are. My father-in-law likes to send me forwards of forwards of forwards of emails. And you could say to him, maybe I don't need a forward of a forward of a forward of a racist joke, but thank you for thinking of me. Well, then there must be something deep inside you that makes him feel that he can that he needs to. Well, to here's the funny thing, too, is that you know how parents like figuring out technology is just like, wah, wah. It's always funny. But, um. My father-in-law will send me forwards and forwards and forwards of things, but he sent me um, a private message on Facebook that was, it was a post that said, uh, he shared this with you and maybe five other people. So I thought, well, that's so specific. I don't even know on Facebook how you share a private post with somebody. So I thought, this is important. And I opened it up and it said, Pearl Bailey has died. And it was an article about Pearl Bailey dying 20 years ago. She's she's been dead for twenty years. Why is this an important article to share with me right now? Is this the late breaking news that he didn't get? I don't know. I was like, if he's this far behind the news, he's going to be shocked when he finds out who's president. Or maybe not. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe he's like, I saw this one coming. I voted for. I, that. Ca- I voted it. I voted for him in nineteen eighty two, and I'm just giving you word about it now. I voted for him twice. Pearl Bailey died. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know the other people because it's encrypted. I want to know the other people that he shared this with. And their response. Yeah. Because my first thought was, oh, Pearl Bailey, what a shame. And then I looked closely and I was like, in 82? You know, like, what? Oh, in-laws are funny, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. Elderly. My mom does not know how to use electronics. She doesn't have an iPhone. She doesn't have a computer. Well, if she steals one, then she'll figure it out. I, I highly doubt it. She'll be 88. 
See, at that point, if your mother started stealing things, wouldn't you be like, let her have whatever she takes? If she has the strength to put it in a bag, so be it. Yeah, if she can carry that bag out, then it's hers. That's all that matters. Right. All right, give me one. No, I'm okay. Oh, okay. Um, The Asbury Park Press. Jersey. Asbury Park, New Jersey, October 19th, 1992. Mm. Grandmom sees madness in method of parenting. (sighs) Madness. Dear Abby, this is my first letter to you. Although I have been reading your column for many years, I need an outside opinion. I am a grandmother in my 70s and have just returned from visiting my daughter, her husband, and their three darling children, all under the age of five, and I'm upset with some of their parenting methods. For example, they lock the, they lock the doors to their children's bedrooms at night because, the, quote, the children might get out of their beds and roam around the house and we may not want to hear them, and we may not hear them, end quote. If one child deserves punishment, all three are punished. And if one child says a naughty word, all three are given hot sauce in the mouth. Abby, I know these parents love their children very much, but are these methods of disciplining them wise? Please understand, it is not my intention to interfere. Signed, Graham. So flowers in the attic. Lock those kids in. Who cares if there's a fire overnight? Hot sauce. Or is it just that I, I, I... Here's the thing on the parent side. If I had three kids under the age of five, I would do bulk parenting as well, just to save time. Doesn't work. If one does something stupid, it's just easier. Let's just punish all three. That's called time management. That's very smart. Well, it's parents who try to parent all their kids the same way. You can't. You're all individual. I know that. Anyway. That's, but for that's, my, just, that's for my therapist. Can you imagine having kids, uh, three kids under the age of five? I can't even imagine having kids, period. We can so. barely take care of dogs. So if you're if you've got three kids under the age of five, aren't they're fucking just so problem. tired that they're just like, ah. Bulk what? parenting, it's the Costco of parenting. There's One sh- size fits all. I think, well, I was just going to say, it should be like getting a gun. You should go through a class, but then I'm like... Scared the shit out of me. I thought that was a fucking dog. (laughs) I honestly thought there was some kind of strange dog that just was released. Holy (laughs) shit. Jim just bulk parented us. That is not the way to deal with us. That sounded like a pack of dogs. My sphincter just released. Shit. I. I... <coughs> I'm shitty Larry, the, gr- oh the garbage my... pail kid. No. <laughs> oh my I... God. Are you okay? I'm not okay. I feel like an electric eel just went up my dick hole. <laughs> That's how shocking that was. Oh, I've never sat so bolt upright before. That just fixed my scoliosis. I felt like Cujo was in the fucking basement here. Oh, my God. All right, let me... Let me you're, the, uh... you're the shittiest DJ in all of New Jersey. What's your, <laughs> did you give an answer to no. that? No. 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 Okay, you... go ahead. So, she says... <laughs> that was fucking terrifying. I'm sorry. I didn't know what was happening. 
Not good. Not good. I don't know what. Not good. I thought it was just me. I'm so glad that you were also horrified. I don't, I honestly, I honest to God thought for some strange. Like a door open. Like, like a door open. And the angriest kennel of dogs was released in here. And I like notice I didn't even fucking move because I'm like, I'm just going to be eaten alive here in the corner of this fucking. Like I, I got fused to my chair. Yeah, I'm like, oh God, oh God. And now I have, a, I have a small hand tremor right now. <laughs> Hope you're all happy. <laughs> Hope you're all happy. All right, let me let me read what she has to say to Graham. I'm like, who cares anymore, right? <laughs> Dear Graham, children, <laughs> are you gonna be okay? You're not. Okay, go. It's fucking terrifying. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I normally am not terrified by the. A, a, do- a dog's bark. Okay, what did she say? Dear Graham, hmm. children's bedroom door should not be locked. Should a flash fire occur, it would be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Punishing all the children when only one has earned the punishment is a good way to make siblings grow up to hate each other. Children who use naughty words should not be punished with hot sauce in their mouth. They should be taught the proper and acceptable word to use instead of the naughty word. The naughty word? What was that last line? The children who use naughty words should not be punished with hot sauce in their mouth. They should be taught the proper and acceptable word to use instead of... The naughty word. Oh, okay, okay. God, I uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm still coming to you, peeling me off pro- the ceiling. Still- I, <laughs> I need a minute. Uh, I agree with her on all of these. Do you? <laughs> that's all wow. I have to say about it. That is really. And that's all I have to say. Good my, night. My sphincter has been so released that uh, that I completely agree with everything she said. Why would anybody lock the door with kids in the house like that? <laughs> Why would? Because they don't want them running around. What the? My, the real question is: What the fuck are you and your husband? What freaky shit are the two of you doing in your house that you lock your kids into their bedroom? Ball what gag. If, what if these kids have to go to the bathroom? Let them pee in their bed. I mean, it's it's a is... very Joan Crawford approach to. Didn't she belt that kid into his bed? She trapped him in because he was. He, I think he he would sleepwalk. I think so. Oh, that yeah, that'll solve it. Strap him in. One good fire. Dead. And it's goodbye, Dennis. But I think that they were probably making some like sex videos or something, or they had like she was like part of a gangbang or something. Yeah. That's, well, if they have three kids under the age of five, I'm sure. Yeah. There's some kinky stuff going on in the yeah. house. They that... both had their tubes tied, and now they're like making videos in the basement, and they can't have the kid. Show. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "We're religious. We've had the children, and now, now it's time for it's freaky, mommy freaky, daddy freaky time. time." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can't be seen. That's uh, my takeaway. Um, I don't know. Have we have we spoken about this enough? <laughs> well, because I, think, I don't know I what even just like, happened in the last fifteen minutes. <laughs> I think it was a girl interrupted. So. It was, yes. So I, I agree. I agree. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Great. About that's been very uplifting. I'm really glad I spent time on this. This is. Fu- I'm glad that you did some. Some. Oh God. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna do this for two. My my face is exploding, and I don't know why. Now hold on. Just stay right here. I'll be right back. Oh, oh God. God. <coughs> Well, now that you're fucking disgusting everybody. I'm disgusting. I'm disgusting. It's time for 
Listen to mail, listen to mail. Grab your garbage pail, kids. It's listen to mail. I'm gonna make you sick by snotting up my face. Listen I am disgusted for listen to mail. I can taste your loogie in my Ew. own mouth. Oh. Listen to mail. But you know what I'm not sorry about? A couple of really great listener mails this week. So, like I've said before, please send your listener mail to dearpodofficial at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't already, please rate, review, subscribe. It's really not hard to click the five-star button. It's really not. It's much more difficult to, to write a shitty Yelp review. So put the Yelp down and give us a nice little subscribe. I want to get our numbers up, you know? All right, so we have a couple of uh, listener mail questions that you guys have written in, and we have answers that we have pre-prepared. So why don't you kick us off? What do you say? All right. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Patrick. Let me pull up my electronic device in order to read it. Okay. This letter is, Dear Abby, I think I'm slowly being... What? Oh, well, she said, oh, Dear, said Dear Abby. Abby. Are you I'm, serious? I'm just, you know what? Wow. I'm just reading what was... What is written. What, yeah, I mean, this is the written word. I know. You can't correct what has been written by someone else. This is unprecedented. Cue the dogs. <laughs> that's not oh, what that's it sounded much like. Gentler. No, <laughs> yeah. no, that is yeah. nothing like... Oh, for the record, this article starts off with, Love you guys, three hearts. We love you, too. Um... I don't know what color those hearts are because I'm colorblind. I'm, those are yellow hearts. Okay, I thought they were. Yellow. Say it, Helen. <laughs> so t- you're correct. If, if you would like to read it, then maybe you oh, can. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, no. Go right ahead. You've so, been corrected five times. That's fine. So the subject is called Catastrophe. Starts out with love, you guys. Three yellow hearts, which I thought were green. <laughs> Dear Abby, I think I'm slowly being replaced by my cat. After 10 years of marriage, I've noticed that my husband is paying a lot more attention to our cat, Mrs. Hassenferfer. And I have a feeling this is on a take of uh, Laverne and Shirley. That's, what, that's exactly what I said, okay. Hassenferfer. Right. Yes. Uh, he pays a lot more attention to our cat, Mrs. Hassenferfer, than to me. He cheerfully greets her first thing in the morning, but barely mumbles a hello to me until he's at his coffee, and then it's just to ask me if I remember to buy kibble. He feeds her bits of his meals off his plate and even dresses her in doll's clothing and bunny ears. He never gives me nibbles off his plate or compliments me on a new outfit. He barely notices when I get a haircut, but he'll spend an hour brushing the cat. It's gotten so bad that when I come to bed, Mrs. Hassenferfer is curled up on my pillow with his arms around her, and there's nowhere for me to sleep but at the foot of the bed. What's next? Urinating in the litter box? I'm at my wit's end. What should I do? Signed, sincerely, pussed off. Mm, that's a good sign-off right there. Yeah, I'm really pussed, too. Oh, are you, though? No. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the response. Okay. Dear Pussed Off, I must preface my response with the following. I'm not a feline lover in the least bit. I will never understand why anyone in their right mind would want to adopt 
or rescue a street creature from almost certain extermination only to have it completely turn their back on you and ignore you and treat you like the teen sensation Tiffany's third album release. (laughs) It is my opinion that cats, kitties, kittens, puss in boots, or any other name that you prefer are like the bad seed. And if you don't watch them carefully, you will end up like Jennifer Jason Lee and single white female in a litter box. Mrs. Hassenferfer knows exactly what she's doing, so do not think for one minute that this clever little puss hasn't been concocting this, hu- this husband takeover plan for years. I'm sure her shifty behavior will most certainly make me sleep with one eye open, which would be impossible as I'm horribly allergic to cats and my eyes would be swollen shut and sealed with the glue from my eyelashes. Cats are the equivalent of a clown in the movie Poltergeist. They seem cute at first, but one day will mercifully drag you under your bed and murder you. As for your hubby, I wouldn't be surprised if you found Rodeo Barbie and Beach Blanket Skipper under his side of the bed, where he probably spends his waking hours brushing and coping their synthetic manes, wishing Mrs. Hassenferfer could wear a high pony and a cowboy hat. And before you go squatting in the corner of the kitchen into the litter box... Please step back and try to recall how this problem has gotten so out of hand. Did it begin when he had Mrs. Hassenferfer use your toilet instead of the piss box? Ugh, just the thought of having an animal defecate and urinate in my home and covering it up with some sort of pebble and sand product only to have to sift through it like finding some sort of sick and disgusting hidden treasure is a surefire way to reject the idea of acquiring a cat as a pet altogether. Excuse me as I throw up a hairball just thinking of it. You might be scratching up the wrong post by asking my advice, but nonetheless, maybe you should start treating them both as cats. For example, replace all of your furniture with cat-scratching towers. Have them both eat dinner at the same time and serve them the same fancy feast or sheba in the finest crystal on the floor and just see what happens. Maybe, when he's taking a shower, toss Mrs. Hassenferfer in with him and just see how he responds. If I know anything, cats like like the Wicked Witch of the West don't like water, so I can only imagine the cat-scratching terror your hubby will endure. Better yet, strap hubby down and have him watch the new Cats movie trailer on repeat <laughs> and see if that changes his perspective about his new fondness. Have him experience a twisted and psychological nightmare that has been brought to the silver screen, a terrifying Jennifer Hudson doing an impression of a Missy Elliott meets Top Cat music video. I think Mr. Hausenferfer might be buried somewhere behind your floorboards. Or maybe he's just hiding. Wow. Yours is an elaborate plan that involves cash and time. But hey, long game. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, I didn't write it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Sorry about that. You're just the uh, messenger. messenger. Yeah. And I won't shoot you. I will just send a pack of angry wild dogs after you. Yeah. To make you shit your pants. Well, here's what Anne has to say. <clears throat> Dear Pust, in the haunting words of my pal, Princess Diana, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. Except in your case, your husband isn't buttering the crumpet with the Duchess of Cornwall. He's choosing Mrs. Hassenfarfer's comfort over your own. This is a complicated marital issue and should be handled with kid paws, as you forcing your husband to dethrone the queen may backfire. According to a recent study done by WAG, four out of five people said they would break up with someone who didn't jive with their pet. You don't want to be in that percentile. 
And you also don't want to be someone who takes part in a poll with WAG. Before we were married, my jewels had a minor bird named William Taft. Trust me when I say William Taft made me rethink dating him. There's nothing weirder than going to a man's house for the first time and meeting an exotic bird that can recite the Gettysburg Address. Luckily, my attraction to jewels outweighed my aviary hesitations. He loved William Taft and brought him everywhere. At first, I took it in stride. I was used to dating eccentric men. I mean, I dated Salvador Dali, and if I can handle that mustache, I can handle anything. But it really started to cramp our style when we brought him to our daily noon happy hour at the Brown Derby and William Taft started saying, started saying, Should you really have another? That was it. I knew threatening to bake that bird would result in a breakup. So I simply offered a compromise. You know compromise. It's an agreement whereby both parties get what neither of them wanted. You keep William Taft at home and I will help in the daily maintenance of said bird. He can roost anywhere in the house but our boudoir. There's nothing creepier than hearing a bird voice say, Where's the ball gag? You get to keep your precious pet, and I get to show my face again at our bi-monthly bingo game. The compromise worked, and the three of us lived happily up until William Taft passed away some months later due to an inexplicable case of arsenic poisoning. You need to speak up, honey. Find your inner William Taft and start talking. His needs aren't the only ones to be met here, so here is the compromise. Maybe for every freaky outfit he buys Mrs. Hassenferfer, he buys you one fabulous piece of jewelry. Maybe every time he gives her an hour-long grooming session, he pays for an hour-long massage for you. Hit him where it hurts, in his wallet. He'll go broke so quickly, it'll tamp down the pussy prettifying. It's amazing the perspective you get when cash is on the table. If the compromise doesn't seem to work for him, maybe it's time to seek some counseling. I can also give you the number of a fabulous apothecary if you send 15 cents in a self-addressed stamped envelope. When it comes to marriage, humans rule the roost, but in the meantime, I would sleep with one eye open. That cat will definitely steal your breath. I am! They both recommend sleeping with one eye open. Yeah, I don't trust a cat, and I own them. Maybe that's because I, don't, I understand. I, right. I had only cats growing up. So I know how to deal with the psychology of a cat. It's very similar to the psychology of a female. I don't like it either. We kill slowly. I mean, that's why the oxygen network exists. I think it's a how-to guide on how to kill your husband slowly. Uh, the oxygen, lifetime, yeah. It's always about women who kill their husbands slowly. Yeah. It's a guide. It's a DIY. It's a guide disguised as... Fluffy programming. Yes, yes. If it's got Melissa Joan Hart in it, how can it be bad? Or Melissa Gilbert. It must be a Melissa thing. Or Melissa Villasenor. I mean, it is. It's it's the name Melissa. Mm-hmm. It's very not challenging. I've never liked Melissa Gilbert there, I said it. Oh, my God. You heard it here today. I'm neither here nor there. Like almond milk. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do another one, shall we? I'm okay. Okay, well, then I'll do it, and you can leave and find that pack of dogs. All right, listen to mail number two. Dear Pod, I have been a loyal fan of your advice for many days now. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Yeah. So maybe you can help me. I think I have a cat now. I don't know where it came from. I don't know its real name. I don't even know if it has all its shots. But one day I opened my door, 
and there she was. Although I wish she had a little suitcase and a hat, and was impatiently tapping her foot waiting for me to answer, she wasn't. She was just there. After several days of this, each time I opened the door, I finally invited her in. She calmly walked in, found a warm spot, and proceeded to move in. I named her Adelaide, as I just couldn't call her Cat. Do I have a cat now? Sincerely, possible catastrophe. <laughs> it's wordplay. And got right to the point on this one, okay? okay. Dear catastrophe. Yes. Yes, you do. You invited it into your home. If I've learned one thing from the classic film Lost Boys, it's that vampires cannot enter a human dwelling unless they are invited in. <laughs> this cat was staying outside until you said, well, come on in. This bloodsucker has passed over your threshold and now resides in your home. So get comfortable, bub. You are now the proud owner of a new puss. If I were you, I'd get some kibble, a few squeaky toys, and a garlic necklace to wear around your neck while you are sleeping. Godspeed, my friend, and may you live to see another day. Oh, that was a quick response. Yeah, well, she she had. I like that. That was pretty much it. It's yes, you have a cat now. You've done this. Yeah. You've done this, and now you have to accept your fate. And um, she's going to have a good life. Yeah. And we'll find him under a pile of newspapers. Um, let me tell you, if there was a little knock on my door and it was a cat, let's just say that there isn't. There's an elevator shaft right outside my. Stop! Door. It. No. If if there was a I cat, didn't say I was doing maybe that's where it's gonna live. Now. I kinda wanna be like Betty White. Like I wanna have a huge ranch where I could just keep all the domestic animals. You I would do be a saver. Have a huge ranch. Well, but I don't want to keep all the domestic animals here. It's not that huge. But I mean like I'm talking about acreage. Oh, like a llama farm. Oh, but not with llamas. They smell terrible. What about Lorenzo llamas? He smells them? terrible. Okay. Here's what Abby has to say. Dear Possible Catastrophe, Well, I do agree that it would be better if this sly puss showed up with a small suitcase, a housecoat made from her curtains, and a small guitar like Maria from The Sound of Music. This little minx sure has persistence and confidence. I wonder how many doors this tiny fur streetwalker has stood in front of, hoping <laughs> to find a place to stay and hang up her mittens. By the time you read this, I hope you've had the sense to walk Kitty Woman over to your local vet or Planned Parenthood and had her checked out. God forbid you get in a lover's quarrel and she bites or scratches you and you end up with some infectious disease or some flesh-eating ailment. Also, I'm hoping this long-tailed Lolita hasn't been spreading her muff around town and, setting, and settling into your pad to birth a litter of street kitties. Just imagine the literal mess you would have on your hands. Not only would you have allowed one crafty kitty into your life, but now all of her kin. I would check to see if Kitty Go Lightly has already hung up her toothbrush in your bathroom and cleared a drawer for her things. Most importantly, I check the corners of your apartment to see where she's been relieving herself, as I'm sure you have not set up your abode to be kitty-proofed. You and Kitty House Squatter need to have a little chat and set some ground rules if she plans on sticking around. I feel like it is similar to the 90s blockbuster Pretty Woman, and you are, you are the charming Richard Gere laying down the law and outfitting toothy girl herself, Kitty Roberts, as she relaxes in your tub. But from what I am told, cats don't like water, so I guess scratch the tub scene. In conclusion, listen, genius, you have a cat. I guess she showed up like Mary Poppins to help you out in some way of hers, and when she is done clearing you of your worries, she will disappear 
into thin air. Or she may just fall out an open window. Happy. Kitty woman, walking, walking down, down the street. Kitty woman, a cat I'd like to meet. <laughs> that was a really woman. well done. It was boom, like, where can we put boom. the word kitty in here? What yeah. what names can we attach? Kitty Kelly? Well, no, I was trying to do um, hookers. So that was Kitty Go Lightly. Okay, famous I mean, hookers. Abby was. Do we have a lot of famous hookers? Well, Audrey Hepburn and... And uh, whatchamacallit? Breakfast. I have never seen that movie. She's a hooker? Uh huh. Well, with a heart of gold. Always well, with the heart of gold. Well, what's wonderful about this movie is that the book is really dark and the movie's not. The movie's also overtly racist. I was going to say. Mickey Rooney dressed. But as... a different time. We can't be retroactively woke now, can we? And uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, well, she's a hooker. Mm-hmm. And then her best friend, that the guy, is it George Papard? He's gay, but mm-hmm. they don't mention it. Oh, so there's all these things that are in like people. Like, I love this movie. I'm just like Audrey Hepburn and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Blah, blah. I'm like, I don't understand this because she's a prostitute. Yeah. Same thing with people are like, I love Julia Roberts. It's such a great movie. It's I watch it with my kids. I'm like, you watch Pretty Woman with your kids? Yeah. First of all, she's lowballed. <laughs> <laughs> That's a week's, the issue. A week's worth she of service. Made, well, th- again, um, we can't think back in time. That was a lot of money at the time. We're no, we're 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 functioning on it a was 20, 2019 mentality. Well, as he said, he would have paid more. And anyway. Jim said, "I would go with less." I'm just saying. I think some people have some issues. Low stand. Like I don't understand it. Well, it's daddy issues. It's and daddy issues all, week here. If I passed any woman eating a croissant standing in front of Tiffany's on Fifth Avenue, right next to the Trump building, I don't think she'd be elegant. I think she would be a prostitute, because that's what prostitutes would do. Prostitutes can't afford croissants. (laughs) Or her Upper East Side apartment. I would absolutely, see, because I've never seen the movie, I have no frame of reference for the actual reality of it, except for the outfit, the outfit she's wearing, which Mm -hmm. is historic. But she's still... Sucking dick for cash. And eating croissants in front of windows. Really early in the morning. That actually sounds like a pretty good life to me. I'd like to know why she gets out of the cab there if her apartment is on 73rd Street. Because sometimes people walk in New York, Patrick. Do you know that? Sometimes people walk 10 blocks rather than take a train one stop if they feel crazy eating a croissant. But I know you don't walk or eat carbs, so this is really a non-issue. Listen, Lucille Ball. I do walk a lot. It was early. I wanted to make sure I got on this train because I was prepared to be on the train to record at the time that you told me to, as opposed to when you woke up this morning and forgot what time I was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, well. Yeah. 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 Cue the dogs. Cue the dogs. Ah, son of a bitch. Now it's time. It's time. For a specialty cocktail, specialty drink. Don't eat your croissant in front of a window in your hooker. Don't waste your money on croissants by a grown-up. What if she were eating the modern-day breakfast at Tiffany's is her eating the Popeye's chicken sandwich in front of a Target? What if... 
What if it was like uh, she was wearing Julie Roberts' white outfit uh-huh. in Pretty Woman, standing in front of Tiffany's instead of the croissant? It was a man with. This is as layered as a croissant. <laughs> Just the man was falling <laughs> all over her white dress. A sandwich is a, but with the Audrey Hepburn voice, it's like a sandwich is a sandwich, but a man which is a meal. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have a wipe? Tide stick. Does anybody have a tide pen? Nothing. So this week's specialty (laughs) cocktail is called, in honor of you parents out there, the last word. It was discovered online by Deerpod's consulting mixologist, Ben Jeffrey, of the acclaimed Hakuna Hut in the heart of Old Broadway. <gasps> this looks absolutely lovely and green. Oh, it is divine I'm looking. green with envy oh, over you making this. So for this- It's green? Oh, this is equal parts. You will need three quarters of an ounce of gin, three quarters of an ounce of green chartreuse, three quarters of an ounce of maraschino liqueur, and three quarters of an ounce of lime juice. So equal parts of all those things. Gin, green chartreuse, maraschino liqueur, and lime juice. You add ice, you shake, and you serve in a chilled coupe glass. Now, here are the tasting notes. Can't live with them, wouldn't be alive without them. Relationships with our folks can be a lot of things. Heartwarming. Frustrating, supportive, anxiety-inducing. Mm-hmm. But one thing they never are is simple. So when you're dealing with your parents, in life or in memory, treat yourself to a boozy classic that's good any time of day, any day of the year. Strong enough to distract you from an overbearing parent and easy enough to sip if you've already had to say goodbye and wish to mourn or reminisce. Ooh, downer. Whether your relationship with your parents is delightful, strained, or non-existent, with one of these in hand, you will always have the last word. I thank you, Ben Jeffrey, for that. Those wonderful tasting notes thank right there. You, I'm going to applaud you, that. And I'm going to cheers you. Nice chilled coupe glass. It's green. Ooh, it's pretty. I didn't know it was green. Just like me. Wow. Ooh, that's going to put some hair on your balls. Trust me, Audrey, it will. This is interesting. It's herbal. I'm not going to use the word refreshing because I realized I keep using the word refreshing. I need a I've got the urge to herbal. I've herbaled myself. It's got, um, what would you say? It's, it's, it's very, it's just got an interesting, cool, strange. It's like a, it's like a hard spiked. Lemonade. Limeade. Uh, 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 like a, like a um, frozen lemonade or like a frozen mm. ice. Really high end botanical. Yeah, botanical, yeah, yeah. It would be like if Mike's Hard Lemonade suddenly had standards. Oh, I've never had a Mike's Hard Lemonade. A cocktail is a cocktail, but this cocktail is a meal. It's pretty substantial. I feel actually healthier drinking this. It cuts through the crud. Is that weird? It doesn't have like that horrible. Like syrupy aftertaste. No, it's really well balanced. Well done, Ben Jeffrey. Well done. I applaud you, sir. I said good day. I said good day. Well, this has just been absolutely lovely. Well, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I have thoroughly enjoyed losing my lower intestine to when he played the barking dogs. So, um, oh look at I feel like it could happen at any time. I'm not even going to look at it. I feel Don't like- look at it. <laughs> I feel wonderful listening to you hock up all your loogies and then being attacked by rabbit dogs in your basement. Then you should have given me this drink at the beginning of this because it's already cut through half of the crud that's in my face. Cuts like a knife. Touch like a... I don't, I don't remember the rest of the words to that song. I don't song. know it either. 
Oh, so I'm going to have a list of garbage pail kids for you next week, okay? okay? When I have time to really think about them, because Lord knows I had plenty of time to write the answers to these things today. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I realized, I was sitting there like, okay, great. So if you, I'll up at 7. If he shows up at 10, then, you know, okay, that gives me plenty of time to, and then Jim walks in the room, and I was like, why are you awake? And he's like, I have to take a shower and pick up Patty. It's 8.30, and I'm like, <gasps> oh, my God, I have to finish my articles. Well, I will. Uh, I see your story, and I'll raise you to when my driver's ed instructor, Elwanda Greer, <laughs> from the, from this the, like, what's her name? Elwanda Greer, <laughs> president and sole owner of Wanda School of Driving. Oh no! Her now. So then, when we get into the car, it's me and someone else. Windows are all rolled up, <gasps> and she's chain smoking. I mean, you, my dad was like, what? The, are you smoking? I'm like, no, I'm not smoking. It's Elwanda Greer. <laughs> well, you're about to smell came from Elwanda Greer and it had nothing because to do with me. Because it stuck with you. And then she Did you would, have cloth seats, too, so it just yes. absorbed? Yes. Always, like those felt Because it was her car. A Chrysler. And then she would take us to go get... Um, she, she'd get hungry and we'd have to stop. Oh and then we'd go God. to... Wait, Elwanda Greer. (laughs) Elwanda Greer would use her driver's ed class as her chauffeur service. (laughs) So that's like the smartest thing ever. That's the only reason to be a driver's ed teacher is just to get the kids. You're like, oh, well, I lost my license due to drunk driving 10 years ago, so I teach driving to kids so that they can take me. All right. Today we're going to learn how to drive to the, the Short Hills Mall, everybody. Everybody in your cars. Elwanda wants to go to Wendy's. So we would go to Andy's Family Restaurant. <laughs> and she would she would order something. And then if you, she's like, do you want anything? Do you want some fries or anything? But then you'd have to, you'd have to pay for it. Then she'd open up her little um, pencil case, which had, so she'd use the menu. <laughs> She'd use the menu <laughs> as like a street map, and then she pulled out her little mic, like mini micro machines at, for the Why cars. Why was she carrying micro machines? <laughs> because she was teaching you a lesson at Andy's. Oh no, here's a lesson. All right, right. everybody. Then she'd make you pay for those fries <laughs> that she ordered for you. <laughs> but you but learned also, a lesson on how the she... fastest way to get to Andy's is through this little street <laughs> right here. Right. Thank you, Elwanda. Thank you, Elwanda Greer. Elwanda's. Perfe- <laughs> this Elwanda's podcast of Dance. is brought to you by the wonderful women at Elwanda's Professional School of Driving in Oak Park, <laughs> Illinois. Please send 15 cents and a self-addressed stamped envelope to Elwanda's School of Driving. If you like beef barley soup and lung cancer, you'll love this class. If you like a long drive to Target, you're going to love Elwanda. If you like being shot at at 10 o'clock at night on a school night, you'll love this ride. <laughs> 